Welcome back to The Grazer's Grapevine. I'm guest host Cheryl Burns, and in this episode, Ann Starbird and I will continue our conversation about lambing and kidding. And we just talked about the quote-unquote normal birth process, and for the most part, we all know livestock will labor fine on their own, but sometimes unusual things happen, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, way of putting it. Yeah, Cheryl. right, right. <laughs> um, so, and, and when things like that happen, how, how do you know that things aren't going according to plan? That's a really good question. So, um, how to know when it's not, uh, when it's like an abnormal birth, it does sometimes take some experience. Um, and again, patience, uh, we, we talked about, um, like the, the presentation of, uh, usually if an animal, if there's a problem, the, that, um, the water sack, the first sack will break. And then really the kids should be starting to be presented, you know, within, you know, 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes ago, if, or, you know, definitely within an hour. So if, if she seems to be, um, if doe is contracting and you're not seeing any advance of the kids, um, if she's showing, like some pretty signs of stress, then you can sort of think that there's something else going on. Um, I don't like to, you know, go in vaginally unless um, a little bit of time has, has been gone by. And when that, what that time frame is, is subject to so many considerations that it's hard to tell. So this is again, where it's good to have somebody with some experience that's, um, can help you out with these things. Um, so generally you can, um, again, you want to make sure that the animals are in a clean environment. If you have sheep, um, you should have, um, kind of done some grooming. Like a lot of the sheep owners will, um, clip, like the vulva area of wool so that the, when they're doing the birthing process, it doesn't get hung up. Um, the birth, the wool doesn't get saturated with fluids and cause a bad like um, environment. Right. Um, but you want to try to clean. If you do think you need to go in and see what's going on um, with the birthing process, you want to make sure that the area around the vulva is clean, whether you take a little bit of, um, you know, iodine water or um, disinfectant to clean that area. Okay. Make sure you have clean gloves on, uh, put some lube onto your gloves, and then you just want to make sure you go in um, gently. And when you get into the birth canal, you're going to start feeling things mm -hmm. and that's where you have to start kind of being a detective. <laughs> um, it's good to look at another, look at an animal or have an idea of what the animal looks like. You know, can you feel this leg? Can you feel the head? Can you feel an ear? Can you feel a mouth? Um, are you feeling ribs? Are you feeling um, like the tail or are you feeling like the hips? Um, so when you get in there, you obviously can't see what you're doing. So you have to really just go by what you're feeling. And it, it definitely gets easier with experience. Um, but if I get hung up, I just literally look over at another animal and say, okay, well, this is here and the leg bone is connected to, you know, the hip bone or whatever. So that helps out. Uh, it can being patient, taking a little second to breathe is important because you got to keep yourself calm True. in these situations. So the the one thing I mentioned earlier on the podcast about um, rear legs can come out. Oh, yeah. Um, 
so that's one thing. If you see, um, the rear legs, when you again, if you look at an animal, you're going to see the, the front feet coming normally. You're going to have like the hoof on top and then the softer underfoot will be underneath. Mm-hmm. If the rear legs, the softer um, will be on top okay. and the hoof per se will be underneath. And then you can also kind of follow those legs and you think about how rear legs fold differently than front legs. So you can follow the leg a little bit, go up from the foot and feel whether you have like a hawk or a knee. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you can kind of determine whether it's rear legs or front legs. Okay. Um, So, but whenever you have these, uh, I would say like 95% of the time that animals give birth perfectly fine, but it's that 5% that you have to kind of give a little detective work to and say, okay, I need to, I need to help out here. Or if you don't feel you have the confidence or the abilities to help out, then you need to make some phone calls Mm -hmm. and get somebody there that, that does have the abilities, you know, whether it's a neighbor a mentor or your veterinarian, um, don't, don't hesitate to make that phone call because it's, it's a good learning tool for you if you don't feel confident and, important for the animal's um, health and safety. Yeah, right. But some of the abnormal positions, again, um, there's kind of two or three basic abnormal positions. (laughs) (laughs) The normal abnormal. The normal abnormal. Um, And you got to think about the fact that there's twins and triplets in here. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you can have, you know, a leg of one animal with that's, coming out with the head of another animal and that doesn't work. So that's part of what you need to do when you're going into the birth canal is you need to make a determination of, you know, is this head belong to this leg? Then where's the other leg? And, um, the, there's the one thing that I, um, one of the positions I call it, the head doesn't connect to the feet bones. (laughs) So basically you have a head and you have feet, but it's not, there's no process. It's it's not progressing for the kid being born. So you want to go in, you feel a head, you go over like the top of the head, come down on the neck over to the shoulders and go down that shoulder and see if that leg is connected to the leg that you're, that's in the birth canal. Um, so if it's not, um, then you go over to the other side and see if that, again, go down that side of the neck, go down to that shoulder, go down to that leg and see if, you know, what's going on there. If, in fact, you have one leg and a head, you can go back to that shoulder that doesn't connect to the other leg mm-hmm. and follow that shoulder. Um, if you can find a foot that's back in some, make sure you cup like the hoof with okay. your gloved hand yeah. and just kind of bring it forward. Um, you may have to push the one foot that doesn't belong back in. Um, but then once you get your two legs and your head, you should be able to kind of position it and bring that kid out. Um, sometimes, um, the, you have a head with neither one of the feet. Like you just have a head coming out. Right. So then you just basically do that same process with both sides, follow the, Follow the shoulder to the foot, cup the foot, and kind of bring it forward. And sometimes you have to push them back into the um, the uterus more, get them out of the birth canal because you sure. don't have a lot of room to work in the birth canal. And then bring your other leg forward and bring the kid out. Uh, I find um, – so that's kind of how you would get the head doesn't connect. If you just have a head and no feet, you just kind of have to go find the feet right. and bring them forward. And then you should be able to deliver the kid 
normally as such. Um, another position that's I find to be um, one of the more difficult ones if you have feet but no head. Like you have the feet coming out and either the head that's there is doesn't belong to those two feet. Push push that head back if you have another head or if you don't have a head at all, you got to go find the head. Right. And that one's really hard because usually the head is cocked off to the side. And every time you go to get it presented with the feet, it will tend to flop right back to where it was. So it's I find that one to be very difficult. I've learned to... Um, you know, you need to grab like the jaw, like stick your finger into the bottom of the jaw and that little um, V shape. Sure. Just like right. lock it, lock your finger in there and then like, drag the head along. Or you can maybe get your head on the crown, your hand on the crown of the head. Okay. And pull the head forward. So I like when you're using your, your hand on the crown of the head, um, you have to be you know, very gentle and careful. And it is another reason why I don't like wearing like big rings or bracelets or anything while you're helping with an animal giving birth, because all that gets in the way um, when you're having to work on some of these um, manipulations to get the, the kids out that are in, or lambs are in an abnormal birth position out. Um, So when you, are working with that with the the head flopping back you want to have like again one hand on the head somehow whether it's in the mouth or on the crown or and then one hand on the feet and then just sort of gently again work with the mom get some good lubrication in there and work kind of gently and steadily at, at getting that kid out sure um and another part um presentation is would be a rump first or a breached position. Okay. So with the breached position, you are basically pushing that kid. You need to get the feet, the rear feet to be coming out. Um, so you need to push that rump back into the dough, which can be difficult if in fact there's, um, you know, two or three kids or lambs, you know, in that uterus. So right. the mother doesn't really want you to be uh, putting anything back in, but you're going to kind of have to take control of the situation and do that. But you got to push that, that kid's rump back in, um, use your hands and find the two rear feet. Again, cup any of the, the feet with your, your hand. You don't want to tear that uterine lining. And then once you get both, make sure you bring both rear feet and legs back, and then you can deliver it as you would for a normal like rear leg delivery. Okay. So that, that normally comes out. The one thing you have to be careful with that presentation too, once you get that kid coming out with the rear legs and the rump, um, their umbilical cord will tend to break before the head is out. And, and that's going to signal the animal to start taking breaths. So you need to move very swiftly. And I didn't mention that with the rear leg presentation, but you need to move very swiftly with getting that kid out once the umbilical cord is coming and breaking because you don't want that head to be in amongst all that fluid whenever the kid decides to take a breath. So you got to move very carefully, cautiously, but swiftly when you're bringing those rear leg presentations out. Okay. And so those are the normal like the three normal presentations that are abnormal where you have a, a head without feet, you have feet without a head, and then you have the rump position. Um, there can be other ones like you can have um, like the kid being upside down where you have the front feet 
coming out, but they're upside down. Uh, so that one's you don't see very often. That's a really rare position. Um, but there is kind of a, there is a, a little trick to getting that kid out too. Okay. So, um, I can, the, the trick to getting an upside down, like I said, you don't see it very often. <laughs> I've had it twice, one with a, a beef animal and once with a, a goat. Um, but what you want to do, uh, is, and if anybody who's, I've, thought about this technique like taking a life-saving class okay but um you you need to flip that animal in utero they're not going to come out upside down and you can't just get in there and like turn it but if you take your i say if you're right-handed if you take your right hand and turn your wrist to the left so you turn your wrist to the left and you grab the leg that's on the left of the animal. Okay. And then in, in one swift motion, you have to write or bring your wrist around to the right and pull the animal at the same time. And that motion will flip that fetus. Okay. If you're left-handed, you could do it oppositely, but you want to turn your wrist to the left of your right hand Grab the leftmost foot and then kind of bring, you know, yeah. as you're pulling back, then write your, write your wrist. And that and might be a hard flip. thing to visual, you know, that it's hard to, to kind of visualize. Obviously we're sitting here together, so I have a, a better view, but there's, you know, videos and resources that, that can yes. help with that. But that's something to definitely take time during that prep period to learn about, uh, so that, you're not panicking when you figure out, oh, this is what I have to do. And you know, I mean, that's just something that I came up with. Nobody yeah. ever taught me that. I, I had taken a life-saving class and it occurred to me, we had this upside down beef animal and it, <laughs> it turned to me, it occurred to me to try that. And that's where you have to take different life lessons, things that yeah. you've learned in other avenues and apply it to these situations of, of birthing, farming in general. Right. So that's I mean, kind of the fun of it all. But it's kind of a good reminder that, you know, when, things aren't going according to plan to, to, as you said before, to take a step back and breathe, relax first. And you never know what might come to mind you know, yes. when, you, when you take a moment uh, rather than just trying to fix, fix, fix. Yeah. There's um, two other things I'd like to add. Um, and again, any, we'll talk about questions later, but sure. um, if, if in fact you feel like you do need to go into the doze or use uterus, you need to work as cleanly as possible. I always wear like the long sleeved AI gloves um, to reduce the risk of infection. And also any doe or you that's been assisted, you should consider giving a preventive course of antibiotics. Um, procaine, penicillin G generally works well with uterine issues um, or other infection preventing rem remedies. You know, work with your veterinarian. I'm not going to prescribe medications for you. Yeah, right. Um, you need a licensed veterinarian to do those things. But these are th discussions you should have with your vet. Um, if you're not going to do a preventive course of antibiotics or whatever, just make sure you do take that animal's temperature basically every 12 hours for three to four days um, to monitor for a fever, which would be a sign of an infection and, and jump on that right away. You don't want a uterine infection to have a problem with this newborn or the newly birthed mother. So, yeah. um, and then another thing to keep in mind is there are some 
zoonotic diseases, diseases that can be transferred from animal to, to humans, um, in the birthing fluids. So, you know, all, anybody who's helping with birthing, particularly pregnant women or those with compromised immune systems need to be very careful when helping, um, animals deliver and then the subsequent care of the newborn, newborn, um, kids, like, brucellosis. There's several of those, if the right. animals, those pathogens can be in the birthing fluids. And um, so you should be very careful, particularly if it's an animal of unknown origin, you know, you're assisting in a rescue situation and you don't know anything about that animal. Just be very careful, um, particularly if you have a compromised system yourself. And that, and you know, in compromised systems, people always think of major things, but it can even be you had a cold last week or you know, you had a long, you're working off farm and, you know, you haven't been getting enough sleep. Just keep in mind that all of those things can compromise your yes, system. Yes. Yes. So um, just be careful that if you do get sick or whatever, make sure that you're telling your health provider, you know, what you just did so that they have an, an idea because people don't normally expect, you know, people who assist with livestock is a, a minor population. So that's something to be cautious of. When do you need to call for help? When do you need to get the vets involved? How do you know that? So that's really, you know, being honest with yourself and understanding what your level of, of uh, comfort or expertise is. Mm -hmm. um, it's always good to learn and you learn by pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. So this is true. But you also need to recognize whenever you're beyond your comfort zone so far that you need help. Um, I I can relate to one situation that I had with a, a you and um, I she was giving birth, but the progress she wasn't making any progress. So I went in to see, and I could feel I could feel a head or a nose. I could feel ears. I had one leg. And, but I couldn't find a second leg to go with that head. I could feel a second head and that head had a leg, but I couldn't, uh, there, I, I just, I tried and I tried and I couldn't and I couldn't, I couldn't make any sense out of what was going on with this. Right. Um, so I ended up calling my vet. Okay. And, um, she came out and here the, the lamb had, had two heads. So it was a very strange situation yeah. where there were two heads, there were two, there were three ears, so there was one ear in the middle of um, the heads, and then it had two front legs. So there was no way I was going to get that. You know, right. unfortunately, we we did lose the lamb, um, but we were able to save the ewe. And so it was one of those stories where, even though you know I'd had plenty of experience, but I just I could not figure out you know how that worked. I couldn't right. figure out where that other leg was. And, um, you know, I recognized the fact that I, I needed to call somebody who had more experience, um, knowledge, and then also just to have another person, even though you figure your experience and your knowledge, just to have another, you know, what do you see? What do you feel? Right. And that's kind of where it's important is that you recognize that I, you need somebody else. Right. And that that's the better thing to do. Okay, so whether you had to assist or whether the mama did her job on her own, the kids or kids or lambs are out. Um, 
What are those final things that, that you do with those kids or lambs uh, before you just um, step aside and quite possibly move on to the next mama? Um, so the, 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 the final steps of the process is to make sure that the, the newborns are, are drinking the colostrum. The colostrum okay. is the first milk that's produced. Um, and if you've left the animal with the, the you or the doe, um, you want to just, you know, squirt some milk out of the teats, make sure that the, the teat canal is flowing, make sure there's no mastitis or any kind of issue with that. So you want to just take a few squirts of the milk and make sure that there's proper flow. The other thing that's good about that is if you squirt some milk out, the kid will smell that and pick up on it and kind of get a targeted area for where to go to get the milk. Um, if you have taken the, the newborns away and you are going to be bottle feeding them, um, you need to get your colostrum warmed and, and ready to be given, um, start giving the kids their colostrum. It's really important. Um, the colostrum is the first milk full of passive immune um, antibodies and, and the immunoglobulins and things like that. So it's really important that those have, the animals have, um, colostrum. Mm -hmm. Uh, if your animal doesn't have any milk and you need to get colostrum, that's why you keep some in the freezer from right. the previous year. If you are a new person and you don't have any from the previous year, I recommend that you again, ask your mentor, um, experience long-term, um, Shep and goat herds, will have colostrum. And so maybe you can buy some from somebody else, sure. but um, you definitely, you know, it's really important that those animals get that colostrum. Right. So it's, it's super important for their, the longevity and their health is they get that good, rich colostrum in the beginning. So just make sure that they're, they're um, the milk is ready for them. And, you know, they, they take a little time to get on their legs. Um, again, that video that you'll be seeing on the YouTube um, has the animals are starting to get up and, you know, this and that, but it takes a little bit of time for them to be getting on their feet. Uh, so you can either hang there with them until they're actually, you know, or you may have to go help another animal give birth, like right. you said. <laughs> um, but just, and, or just sit back and enjoy their antics for the time. Let the mom lick them, make sure the mom has the water, the warm water and things like that. And again, be sure that your pen doesn't have a cold draft or anything like that. Um, but otherwise, once they, once they're out and, Finding that milk, um, again, keep an eye on everybody. If you've gone into a cyst, take the mom's temperature every, you know, six to eight to 12 hours and just, um, you know, enjoy that time. And thanks so much for taking time to to sit with me today and to, to talk through this process. I hope it's a uh, great reminder for those that are experienced and, and gets maybe those that are newer in the right frame of mind for what's coming. Um, and I hope everybody has a great birthing season. Um, and any parting thoughts? My, uh, well, thank you for having me here today. I, it was great. <laughs> I love talking. I love helping <laughs> with the birthing. It's one of my most favorite parts of the whole um, raising animals. There's a lot of stressful days, but birthing is just, true magic. And I just, I love the birthing <laughs> process and all the stress that it brings, but it's right. always a great time. So parting thoughts would be really just prepare yourself both physically with your kits and things like that mentally by 
just getting in that frame of mind, um, getting some knowledge, reading some information, watching some YouTube videos, things like that. Um, and make sure you just have your contacts, your mentors, your vets, um, contact information at, at the ready so that you can have somebody come help you and just really enjoy this time. You know, it, it really is what, what it's all about. So make sure that you take some time to breathe and enjoy that birthing process and the, the animals that you're working with. That's great. Thanks, Anne. Please visit paglc.org for more grazing resources, including access to additional Grazer's Grapevine episodes, and a link to Anne's video and her book that will be contained with the episode information from this episode. Thank you for listening.